In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beware of false prophets who come to you in the clothing of sheep, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Honestly, it's so tired. We've, we've read this and we, we wink at each other and, um, and we make the same resolution to, to pray and to persevere uh, and to resist uh, and to be willing to lose our jobs and uh, ruin our careers and even lose our lives for the sake of the faith. Um, it, would be, uh, it would be helpful, it, well, I should say, it'd be welcome to just simply say, remember those homilies we've heard over the last few years about false prophets? Um, uh, ditto. And remember those comments about uh, not... Um, Wolves in uh, sheep's clothing, but um, uh, sheep in shepherd's clothing, um, ditto. Um, What I'd rather draw your attention to consider is, um, by your your fruits, you will know them. Uh, By our fruits, we will know. We will be known. And... Um, whether it be St. John Vianney um, or others who remind us that if the, if the head is, is saintly then the rest will be holy um, you know if the, if, the, if, the, if the pastor is um, holy then the people will be good if the pastor is good the people will be um, mediocre, if the pastor's mediocre, the people will be wicked. Um, same goes for parents. Um, it's uh, especially with all the engaged couples and all the married couples that are mentioned in the, in the bulletin this weekend, um, it, it's, it's worthwhile to consider that there are, there are, there are Families where every single child knows the faith, loves the faith, practices the faith, and um, and we can't simply say that that's just that's just random. The mom and dad had nothing to do with it. By the same token, when we have good parents and their not all their children know the faith, love the faith, and practice the faith, we can't say, well, mom and dad had nothing to, nothing to do with that. Still good and in the state of grace and trying to be holy, but. We, we will recognize the difference between um, a, a fruits that are miraculous and, and fruits that are remarkable and fruits that are encouraging and, and, and fruits that just um, sadden the heart. And we will all be known by our fruits, not by our intentions, but by our fruits. It was after a funeral many years ago uh, at a church where there was a wedding yesterday that I had hoped to be able to attend. One of my very first funerals in the days when I uh, 
was still being told by the liturgy committee what, what to preach on Sunday and uh, what to wear. Um, so those were great days. But um, it was at the end of a funeral, I think, I had yet the standing to dictate the terms of how my funeral masses were conducted, that uh, one of the survivors um, made the memorable comment that um, people don't remember what you say or do. People remember how you make them feel. And as a young priest who was eager to make people feel a little awkward in order to get something good happening in their lives, it, it completely rubbed me the wrong way. Um, he didn't make me feel very good. But there is an insight, even though it's misguided, there's an insight. And that is that our intentions matter as far as what purpose we have in mind. We, if, but even if we have a good purpose, even if we have a good intention, it doesn't mean that what will happen is good. And it doesn't mean that the fruits that follow from it will be good. So our intention matters only, only a little bit. It's essential to have a good intention, but having a good intention doesn't, doesn't suffice. We will be judged by our fruits, not necessarily by how we make other people feel. And you know where that, you can imagine where that comment was coming from, that truth doesn't matter, all that matters is that we make people feel good. But there's still an insight, even among those who don't uh, cherish the faith, let alone cherish truth. So we will be known by our fruits. St. Paul even tells us to, to challenge and to test spirits, even angels, if they come to us. Don't, don't trust them quickly, let alone those who claim to be uh, teaching the faith. How do we, how do we discern we discern first by what we know. What we know. We've been taught the gospel. We've been taught the faith. We know the deposit of faith. That will always come first, whether it be a new idea or a book or an, or an inspiration or something that seems to come from prayer or something that you, you are gleaning from reading sacred scripture or, or something that a, a priest is saying or the bishop of Rome even. Right? You compare it to what you know, what is verifiable, what is undeniable, what has already been clarified, right? defined, rendered uh, unmistakably clear in its meaning. And then... After applying that test of what we know, comparing this to what we know, then what are, the, what are the fruits of it? Do the fruits of the Holy Spirit uh, accompany this thought or that life or this work or that group or this movement or that, um, that person? It's not a question of feeling, right? But is there, is there joy? Is there chastity? Is there temperance? Is there obedience? What are the, 
Does it conform to reason? Does it evidence the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Simple test. Anything that we do or say or write, we should apply the same test, at least the first part. And then at the end of the day, we not only review how was my intention, but what were the fruits of what I did or what I didn't do? Sometimes we're meant to be sheep and to follow, and sometimes we're meant to be shepherds. Sometimes we're meant to just simply suffer as a sheep is taken away by, by a wolf. And sometimes we're meant to fight as a shepherd is armed. So I encourage you to pray um, for everyone who's um, everyone who has a role in all that is going to happen. Everyone who will need to clarify the faith to their children and coworkers, and everyone who's meant to clarify the faith in public. And to pray that the, the, the fruits that accompany their words or their works lend credibility to the truth that they will proclaim among their friends or family members, relatives, neighbors, co-workers. It won't be enough for us to just speak the truth. And to pray for those whose public role has to be... Um, undertaken with heroic virtue and prudence and wisdom to know when to speak and how to speak, to know whom to correct and how to correct them. There's a great deal. When we, when we take a moment to pause and look at all that is happening in the, in the body of Christ, whether it be people who are praying, people who are writing, people who are commenting, people who are reporting, a great deal is being done. It's hard to find, for instance, a bishop's conference where there isn't at least one or two good voices trying to do something. And when, when we're encouraged that the Holy Spirit truly is active everywhere, then we, we, we're not tempted to despair, or we won't give in to the temptation to despair as though nothing's happening, as though nobody's doing anything. Sure, there, there are false prophets, and, and there are... Um, there are wolves in sheep's clothing and there are sheep in shepherd's clothing. That's always been the case. But we turn to the Lord quite humble because even if we've always been speaking the truth, we haven't always been good vessels of the Holy Spirit. We ask him to, to purify our intention to love our enemies, to be obedient, to be faithful, to be joyful, to be chaste, to be temperate. To be instruments of his grace. To, to be worthy of mentioning the saints and asking them to pray for us. And to be worthy of this great sacrifice. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.